0: You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Well, good evening, everyone. It's been a while since we've had a Wednesday night series. The last one we had, just so you're aware, the last one we had lasted... 10 and a half months Uh, and I said it was going to last three so I'm not even going to try to tell you how long we're going to be in this we're just going to be in this until I feel like we've covered everything Um, I was I was telling that to our team just as they're trying to get ready and and figure out when to release these and and what to expect with that and I just told them it's just going to have at the end of Wednesday night I'll tell you if I'm going to come back and talk about this topic again or not. I just don't know how much we're going to be able to get through there. There is so much information in this, and this is very different from uh, really what I typically teach. I typically teach from a place of revelation. Um, this now, this these lessons come from a place of revelation. We're only talking about the gifts series. This series only exists because of the Lord bringing revelation saying that we need to have understanding because several weeks ago, Jay was praying over the service and over the congregation for the releasing of the gifts of the Spirit again in this house, that they would be prominent, that they would be felt, that they would be seen evidently and often. And in that, I there was a profound prayer and I loved it. And I was, I was just praying through that and thinking about that with the Lord. And he said, it was time for us to equip the saints with the knowledge necessary to handle the gifts when I release them it's it 's one thing to know what the gifts are, but it 's another thing entirely and something that is incredibly lacking in the church today is the understanding of what what each individual gift does what its purpose its function is within the body of Christ in the kingdom of heaven and then allowing us the depth of understanding okay what would that gift look like within me who i am who the lord has created me to be how would that work within me we don't know how to answer those things and so with that there's lacking because the lord can't release something that we're not ready to receive and if we're not if we don't have the capacity of understanding he can't re- he can't release it to us uh, it's the same with uh, i use this example all the time but it's the same with Liam or Kai my boys giving them a task that they're not ready for. Like, um, it would be like me giving Liam his saddle and telling him to saddle his horse. His horse is about four feet taller than he is, like from where his saddle has to go, not from the head, where his saddle has to go. How is he supposed to figure, he's not capable He's not educated. He's not where he could handle that task that I'm releasing to him. There has to be education. There has to be some growth and understanding before those things are, are possible. So um, that is what this gift series is going to be. It's going to be us diving in in depth to understand these gifts. And like I said earlier, it's, un- it's unlike anything I've taught before because there is, this is a true study series. There is going to be need for you to go home and look at these things yourself, to unpack these things yourself, because there is just a ton of information here. I will say something that will be incredibly helpful to you as a study guide through this series is the app or website Blue Letter Bible. If you don't know what that is, download it, get it on your phone. It is an incredible resource. Randy used it. He introduced, or Kendall McDonald introduced me to it, and Randy had introduced Kendall to it, and... um, It has translation of of these words in the Hebrew, in the Greek. It has word studies. Um, It has uh, just a plethora of information, all the different uh, types of Bibles, so you can read the different translations. Um, Just different, uh, there's just a lot within that app that you can do. It's a great study tool. It's basically a study Bible on your phone, it's amazing. Um, so, download that, look into that, um, and before we get started any further, before we go into it any further, I'm going to pray, and then we'll get going into the first lesson. Lord, we love you, we thank you. Lord, we are excited for, for what this series represents. Lord, we are excited because we know we are standing on the edge of something amazing and profound. You have brought us to this point to equip us, to educate us on the gifts of your Spirit. Father God, not so that we would just know a lot about them, not so that we could just with pen and paper recite and regurgitate a lot of knowledge, Father God, but you desire for us to understand how these gifts operate, Lord, because you desire to release them to us. Lord, and I believe that as we understand Each of these giftings, Father God, we are going to see moments where that gifting is released upon us and we have the opportunity to step into it and use it as the Spirit leads us. Uh, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for the opportunities that will come. We thank you for what this represents. That you are going to be ushering these gifts into our community and we are excited to see the fruit that they will produce. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you. Uh, that you have released this teaching for such a time as this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the first one I wanted us to start with, I feel like this is uh, necessary for understanding in the rest of the gifts, is understanding first the gift of the word of knowledge. Uh, It's up there on the screen, kind of gave it away as you guys came in. Uh, But the gift of the word of knowledge is what we're going to be diving into tonight. Um, and there's a lot that I can start saying, but uh, we'll just get into the to the lesson and uh, go through these things as they're written now. Um, again, this is going to be a lot of information. The first thing that uh, you need to recognize is that there are four scriptures and four scriptures only that mention this gift. They're all in 1 Corinthians uh, 12, twice, uh, 13 once, and 14 once. Uh, I don't have those specifically listed out just because it's not really necessary and prudent for what we're doing. It's always used as an example for something else. It's always mentioned in passing. It's never explained. It's never uh, uh, dove into for greater understanding. It's never defined in any of these scriptures. Uh, but it is defined throughout testimony of Scripture, and that's really what we're going to look at, because that is where the definition lies. Uh, the first place that we're going to be is in one of those passages. 1 Corinthians 12 is where we will start. It'll be verse seven, and we will go through verse 11. And this is just, this, this passage is the spiritual, spiritual gifts passage. It talks about the gifts, what they are, and then it talks about the body of Christ. Uh, verse 7 To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as He wills. This is the reason we read that passage again. It doesn't offer explanation. It doesn't offer a definition when it comes to the word of knowledge and that gift. But what it does emphasize is that all of these gifts come from one Spirit, the same Spirit, and only by that Spirit are these gifts seen. This is a major point that we need to recognize. These gifts cannot exist without the Spirit of God. They cannot exist without the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God must be present for these to exist. He is the source, and it is impossible to operate in these giftings without the Spirit. He is the seal of authority and authenticity, if the Holy if the Holy Spirit is releasing this gift or any gift, it will be consistent in the way that He He works. this uh, This is important for us to recognize because this is a point for every one of the spiritual gifts. That if the evidence of who the Holy Spirit is, the nature of God, the heart of God, the characteristics of God are not evident when the gifts are being made manifest, they are false and you need to beware. These happen often because the gifts bring attention. The gifts bring a lot of things. But especially this gift, but this is true for all of them. The giftings of the Holy Spirit are never meant to elevate any one person. And if the gifts are elevating any one person, they are false. They are not of God, they are demonic. And that's kind of the scary thing. It's kind of scary saying that even in a recording that's going to be out there forever. But to operate, quote unquote, in the gifts of the Spirit without the Spirit It can only be one other thing. If you're not with God, you're against God. If you're not of God, you are demonic. You have aligned yourself with the demonic camp. Period. So if you're operating in the gifts, again, quote unquote, for those that are just going to be listening, if you're operating in the gifts, but all they are doing is elevating you or elevating one person, they are not of God. They are not of Him. So we need to recognize this. They are to uplift and guide and direct the entire body of Christ. They will always be for the betterment and the elevation of the body of Christ as a whole, not any one individual member of it. That does not mean that these gifts are not made, are, you don't see the fruit of these gifts in a single person. But the manifestation will always be for the uplifting of another, not the uplifting of self. Right? It's the person that prays for healing and then the gift is, is, is what is praised. The, the release, the fruit of that is what is praised. But it would be as though if someone laid hands on someone and they got up and walked and then they walked on stage and said, look what I just did. That's what I'm talking about. Right? That, that is not what the Lord has intended for these things. Uh, one of the other scriptures of, of the four that talk about... Um, the gift of the word of knowledge is in 1 Corinthians 13, just a few verses over. We'll start in verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, if I deliver my body up to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable. Golly. Brain fart. Man, thank you. Educator helping me out. Irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. So a couple things with that last verse in this passage. Some people take this at in my opinion, out of context. And they use this as evidence that the gift of the word of knowledge is no longer exists among God's people because there is no need for it anymore. These are those that, not, not to uh, put them down in any way, but they believe that after the Lord finished speaking the New Testament into existence, He had said all He needed to say, that we had all the revelation and knowledge that we needed And so he ceased to speak. So if he's ceasing to speak, then there is no need for the gift of the word of knowledge. And there are several other gifts. Most of them are all discredited with that thought. right? They they all have no place with that uh, place of thinking. Uh, I do not agree with this. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so for him to cease to speak is for him to change. And also, the book of Acts had to end because it could no longer be kept up to be recorded because the book of Acts is literally testimony of those that received the Holy Spirit and the fruit that the Spirit bore within them. That would get too big too quickly, especially when the first sermon ever preached after the releasing of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is gone, the Spirit of God is released in the upper room, and then Peter preaches the very first message, and in that place, thousands of people accepted Jesus, were baptized, and received the Holy Spirit. So already after one sermon, the church is thousands. And then it goes to talk about what they did for their community, and they Sarah talked about it on Sunday. They, they sold their possessions and they distributed the belongings to all as any had need. They had all things in common. They were together in all things. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and they had favor with all the community. They had favor with an entire city. So an entire city, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people had favor with this group and were coming to this group because they wanted to be a part of it. So the church grew faster than we can fathom. That's why the book of Acts ended. Because it was too great to be recorded any longer. You are a chapter within the book of Acts. And that's where I stand and that's what I believe. But the main point of reading these eight verses that we just read is to emphasize that love is to always be seen when these gifts are operating. If love is not present, God is not present in it. And it is not a gift. It is not a manifestation of the Spirit. Love is to always be seen when these gifts are being operated, especially, especially. And we will see this and this will make sense as we study this uh, gift specifically, the word of knowledge. But within the gifting of the word of knowledge, love, a fruit of the Spirit, is one of the most prominent that is to be present when the gift of the word of knowledge is being made manifest. It should be saturated and so clearly seen in love. If it exists without love, again, it is not of God. So the gift of the word of knowledge, it is given, this is kind of a definition, it is given for the purpose of communicating divine revelation. Another reason I don't believe that it is no longer relevant because the Lord is still revealing. The Lord is still bringing about revelation. We see that every single Sunday when He brings a word of revelation. Every sermon preached from this pulpit is a word of revelation. And more so, God uses this gift to give divine knowledge and insight into certain situations. Another name for this gift, as I was just preparing this and and studying this material and understanding this material, it just became very clear the gift of the word of knowledge is simply supernatural insight. What is insight? Insight is looking at a situation in great and profound detail. In detail that you could not have gained in and of yourself. Only detail that could be provided to you by something else. It's like a microscope. I can look at a slide on a microscope and I can see some things. But without the tool tool of that microscope, placing the slide under the lens and physically looking within it, I cannot see the details of it without an outside source. I have to look within the microscope. God is that microscope. He provides a lens to allow us to see clearly into a situation details that we ourselves could not have fathomed or understood or seen and discovered by our own power. Uh, One of the studies that I pulled just had a lot of great information when it it comes to the the gift of the word of knowledge. And I'm going to read some of those now. Uh, There's another way of understanding this spiritual gift. The gift of the word of knowledge refers to the ability to know facts about a situation or a spiritual principle that could not have been known by natural means. This allows someone to see a situation as God sees it. It is still much needed in the church today. I agree with that statement. Um, Another statement in this is that the word of knowledge is exercised when the Spirit of God provides information to someone about the condition of another person. And therefore this gift must always be used with a humble heart. Oftentimes, we see the gift of the word of knowledge is given to one to benefit another, to speak into something of another, details of what they're dealing with, what they're going through, what they've experienced that no one could possibly know. And they speak it and they release it and it is elevating because if I elevate an individual with the gift made manifest in me, I allow an individual to be placed back into the place God would have them. That is elevating them from glory to glory. This is heavenly elevation. I'm not talking about boasting in them or holding them up on my own shoulders, but placing them back where the Lord would have them be, this will benefit the entirety of the body because we are members of one another. So when one of us steps back into the will of God, all of us benefit. And this is supernatural insight. This is the gift of the Holy Spirit, but it is to always be used with a humble heart. And unfortunately, this is a gift that is oftentimes the word of knowledge is received. And what I've seen, unfortunately, and even within myself, I have, I have made this mistake. But we then immediately step out of the will of God and begin to administer that gift as we see fit. A lot of times we see this when it comes to accountability, brotherly Accountability. And the Lord will release us as we're thanking or praying for this person, release a word of knowledge. But then what we do is we step out of the will of God and then we begin to take that word of knowledge and we we administer it as we saw fit. And what we end up doing is we end up hurting and crushing that person. So often people leave the church because they've been hurt by it because those have received a gift of the word of knowledge not realizing what it is that they're receiving. They step out of the will of God. They administer it as they see fit and they destroy lives because it is not meant for us to dictate how it is to be used. There are often times at any point you can look on my phone you can look in my office and I have gifts of the word of knowledge written out that I'm never to share and will never share. Just because he releases it doesn't mean you're to speak it. He released it for my benefit that I would know how specifically to pray for those people. Some of these things he releases, and then I can share them. We're, we've, the Lord released uh, a gift of the word of knowledge as it comes to our student population and just some things happening uh, across the street and really just across the country, uh, that he gave me permission to share uh, with with one person, uh, a teacher at the school. But other than that, I'm not to release it until I'm invited in to release it. And that's what I know. And so it stays where it needs to stay. It's not for me to go across the street and say, I have word for all you. That's not what it is. That's not what the Lord has intended uh, for this. It is to be used with a humble heart because the information that we are being given from the Lord is privileged. And we are to honor the release of that information. And we are to steward that which He has given. We are to steward it well. Like all the other gifts of the Spirit, the the, uh, the word of knowledge... Is never given for a believer's own personal advantage like we've talked about. It is never given to take advantage of another believer or to embarrass someone. It is always to build up the church and the body of Christ. He will never glorify any human by exercising a spiritual gift. We just need to know that for our own benefit and for our own accountability and our own stories. We need to recognize that. Now, some examples of this. Uh, the best example that we can look to is Jesus. He is the physical manifestation of examples and what our life is to look like, what it gets to look like. I, like. I don't like that phrasing of what our life needs to look like, what our life should look like. That's, those are statements of comparison. So anytime you look at Jesus... And you think, well, that's what I should look like and I don't. What do you do? You feel bad about yourself. That's not the nature. Jesus came to show us what was possible for us. To put on display the life that we get to live. Not the life we should live. The life we get to live. Should you live it? Yes, because you're made for it. You should do what you're made to do. But we get to live this life. It is an invitation into this life. So Jesus, with that... uh, With that understanding in mind, He is perfect theology because He is the perfect example of what He has made available to us and the life that we get to live, the things we get to experience. So in John 4, this is a common passage that we know. This is the woman at the well. We're going to read a little bit of it. We're going to skip around a little bit, but we'll start in verse 1. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that was saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Now let's jump down to verse 16. And Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, who do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? So, What do we see in this passage? What do we see Jesus put on display? The the first thing that we see is we see kindness. We see kindness from Jesus. I love this scene. If you've not watched The Chosen, uh, watch The Chosen. This scene is beautifully uh, portrayed in that series. Um, It's amazing, but the kindness of Jesus is there. The love from Jesus is there, but we also see authority He does not speak as though he's speaking timidly. He speaks with power and authority, not in an aggressive way, not in a putting down way, but he speaks with authority because he knows what he is speaking has come from the Father and therefore it's truth and there's authority and power and truth. He also speaks with gentleness. He speaks with discernment and a calling higher. He speaks to her in such a way that he is calling her to leave the actions that she's been doing thus far in her life and to change her ways to be different. He's calling her into this place through this word of knowledge. And these things, kindness, love, authority, gentleness, discernment, and a higher calling, these should always be seen when the gift of knowledge is being released. This is an intimate gifting. And it is to be used humbly and intimately. A gift of intimacy that is released by the Spirit. I do not have the authority to stand on that stage when I have a gift of knowledge and just call a person out and release it without a specific calling into it. And it's a specific moment. I've seen these at certain events. We saw it at the Upper Room event. A guy got up. He had a word for some specific people These were all empowering and encouraging words. He was not calling their sin out. He was not bringing embarrassment to them. This was empowering and wonderful and kind things and he spoke it from the pulpit. It was profound. It was amazing. But this passage that we just read, this is a great example of a gift of knowledge that is meant to be shared one-on-one. And oftentimes... That is how that gifting is to be operated in. You are to operate that in a one-on-one conversation, a quiet pulling aside and sharing of that information. You are not to stand on the pulpit and say, I see your sin. I see what you're doing. And embarrass that person and then expect to call them out of it. That will not work. I, I also like this too because I, I know it doesn't say this, and so it's, it's, you've got to be careful implying things within Scripture. But in verse 8, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Do we thank Jesus, arriving at this well, sitting down and seeing this woman just came to this word by accident? I believe fully in my heart, led by the Holy Spirit, he knew that he was going to meet with someone. This has happened. I know there are plenty in this house that can attest of knowing that I'm going in somewhere to do something totally unrelated, but there's someone in there waiting for me. I'll never forget the first time this happened for me. The Lord, is a, He's got a great sense of humor. Um, and just briefly, I'll just share this. I was just learning what it was to live with the Spirit, and I was walking through a Home Depot and College Station, and I just saw orange shirt, orange cut-off shirt, bright orange, like blaze orange. So I'm thinking like construction or something like that. I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this, but I'll keep an eye out. I go about doing what I'm doing with my buddy, Chris. And then all of a sudden I walk around a corner to see a man who's about six, seven, arms as big as my head, orange denim cut-off Harley Davidson shirt, biker boots, tattoos everywhere, big old mustache, no thank you. Like, this is not the guy that my little 5'9", buck 65 self wants to go talk to. Um, Because I'm going to ask him if I can pray for him, and he's going to throw me over the shelves into the following aisle at Home Depot. Um, But it ended up being a beautiful moment. It was one that the Lord really wanted me to understand, because I tried to get away from it, and I kept running into that guy no matter what I did. Um, but the Lord will do this with a gift of word of knowledge and he had a further releasing of knowledge a further word for this man but first he just gave me what I needed and then in this moment I didn't know what I was supposed to do I stepped into it he released the rest and so the Lord will do this the Lord will call us into these moments um, and it is oftentimes an intimate moment but being that this is a gift of intimacy released by the Holy Spirit to reveal deep and profound things, details about a person that we could not know without him. How can the believer operate in this gift without intimacy in our relationship with the Father? How can we expect to understand and operate in this gifting or any of these giftings If we do not have a relationship with our own Father, especially this gifting that is so intimate and so personal, so deep and in-depth to a person's story, things that they have not ever spoken out loud to anyone, the Lord will release to you. This is an intimate thing. How can we, not knowing intimacy with the Father, expect to receive a gift that revolves around intimacy with the Father? We cannot. That doesn't mean the person who knows the most, because this gift is not knowledge as we know it. This gift is not textbook knowledge. It's not just understanding a lot about something. Knowledge is absolutely necessary. This is important. I'm not putting down the the gaining of knowledge and information about a topic, about a subject. That's what we're doing right now. Knowledge is absolutely necessary for operating in these giftings. But how can I know and recognize the spirit if I do not know him? How can I know it's him who is speaking this gifting, this word of knowledge, if I do not have a relationship with him and not just know about him? There are so many people that know a lot about God, but they do not know God. It is crucial and important to know about God. It's important to know what Scripture says about Him. It's important to know from from the accounts within this book who these people say that He is. But if that's where it ends, I will only ever have head knowledge. I will never have a relationship with the Father because this is meant to be the first step. I know this, I see this, and I pursue a relationship with Him and now I have my own testimony testimony that testifies to the truths I've found in here. The knowledge I know about him, I know about him not just because I read it, but because I've experienced it. I can say that God is good because I've read it in here. And it says that God is good. That all good things come from the Father of lights. That he works all things for the good of those that love him. I've read that in here. But to experience that he works all things for the good of those that love him brings different weight to the knowledge I had about him. Because I not only know the scripture, I've experienced it and I have testimony to tie to it because of relationship. So knowledge, but experience. Knowledge is not meant to exist alone. To know his heart, it is the importance of relationship with these giftings. I uh, Just a silly example. I am a big fan uh, of all people, so you can blame you can blame him. I've mentioned him uh, two or three times already, but Randy Winfrey got me hooked on the Big Bang Theory. Of all shows, that's the one. He <laughs> the show that is literally labeled something uh, that totally is meant to discredit creation, but it's hilarious. I love the show. We watch it all the time. Uh, me and Randy used to watch it. Um, but there's a moment within this. These are they're all geniuses. They're driving down the road, a car breaks down, they have to pull over, and the driver just asked, does anybody know about internal combustion engines? And they all just laugh, like, duh, it's basic technology. And then he asked, does anybody know how to work an internal combustion engine? No. Because they had incredible depths of knowledge, but no experience. Experience is key, and experience only comes with relationship. Uh, Melissa's dad, Melissa Stevens, our children's minister, he is a mechanic. He knows a lot on paper. He knows a a lot about how these things function. But he has also dropped and replaced a transmission in an hour. That would take me a week. Because he doesn't only have book knowledge, he has experiential knowledge knowledge. He has experience that guides him and helps him to understand. It cannot just be on paper for us. It has to be personal relationship. We have to do it as Jesus did it. We see Jesus. He knew the Father and he lived unto him. He had personal relationship with him and that allowed him to understand the many, many moments where the gift of the word of knowledge was released to him and he spoke it. Uh, Even in the... uh, there are several times throughout Scripture, but the calling of the disciples is a manifestation of the gift of the word of knowledge, as the Lord said, that one, that one, that one. And he called them higher into what the Lord was calling them into, the gift of the word of knowledge. It was revelation about a person, and He spoke it to them, and He called them into it. Second Peter, verse one, or chapter one, verse five says. This is how Jesus lived. This is the example that he set. And one other thing about this uh, gifting is that it is heavily tied to the gift of discernment as well. Discernment to know when to speak and when to be silent. Just because that gift has been released does not mean you are to speak it. This happens often for me in counseling Uh, As the Lord will, we will be counseling through stuff and the Lord will release their true identity. The identity that he calls them, the name that he has given them. And I am not allowed to share. And we will go for weeks and sometimes months and I will not be allowed to share. I have it and I only have it to help guide them and encourage them when they're on the right path. But I am not released to share it because the Lord wants them to get there on their own. But he releases it to me for guidance. But I must have the discernment to understand when I am to release it and when I'm not. Because that will come. What I oftentimes do is I write that name. I put it in an envelope, seal it, and put it in my desk with the date that the Lord released it. And I don't touch it until that time comes, that session comes in our office when he says, pull out the envelope. But discernment is necessary for this gift. So the gift of the word of knowledge. It is to build up and guide the church through intimate revelation. Not from the pulpit necessarily, but through intimate revelation, through moments. I often see this gift made manifest in times of worship. When we are seeking and pursuing the Lord, He will release something for us. And then we are called to go to that person and release that unto them. Or after the service or different things like that. I had it happen last week. Or the Lord released something, okay, I'll wait. And I spoke with that person after sermon, after the service. It is through intimate revelation. And it is always meant to call something out of them, call them into something, to call them higher, to elevate them, to allow them to step into the will of God to a new degree. It is always for the building up and the guiding of the church. It is saturated in love and humility saturated in love and humility and just think about it for a second the Lord in this in these moments has chosen you to speak of details that oftentimes these people have never uttered themselves out loud and he has entrusted you with those details that cannot be operated incorrectly if love and humility is not accompanied with it. Because what a profound honor and what a profound task to steward that word. Of, of I mean, we all have these things. Think about something that you've never shared with anybody. Ever. Or one or two people. Select people, that's it. There are things that I've shared about my life with my wife that I will never utter to anyone else. Hard things. That if someone came up to me and spoke them, it would level me. Like it would put me on my hands and knees and I would probably just begin to weep. So to receive that, to be the vessel that carries that for somebody else, is a profound honor that should be stewarded well. And how the Lord desires you to steward it is to saturate it, allow Him to saturate it with love, humility, and then allow it to be accompanied with great discernment on when and when not to share, what and what not to say. It only comes from the Holy Spirit. It is a gift of the Spirit. It is not a gift of man. It is not a gift of Parker. It is not a gift of you. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. So without relationship with the Holy Spirit, you cannot hope to receive such a gift. You cannot hope to receive it. It is not a unit of measure, but rather entrusted to those who walk rightly and steadily, consistently with the Father. This is one of those gifts that if you're in and out, of relationship with the Lord, it will not be released. There is a maturity required to handle and receive this gift because of what it requires to be accompanied with it. If I do not have a depth of relationship with God that I understand love, I understand humility, and I understand discernment and how to steward that which God has given, if I don't understand those things, He will not entrust this gift to me. He will not entrust it. So, it is entrusted to those, again, who walk rightly and steadily with the Father. Those who walk as 2 Peter 1, 5 through 5-8 uh, illustrates for us. And it will always naturally lead us into wisdom. It will always lead us into wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the application of knowledge. So a word of knowledge will always call somebody into action which is wisdom. The Lord will release a word to them and call them to step into something new, and that is wisdom. It will always call and have a call to step into wisdom. Wisdom is simply the application of knowledge. So you go to school to learn a trade or about a job. Well, not anymore. You just go to school to learn a bunch of stuff that will stay in school. Um, But you're supposed to go to school to be prepared so that when you step out into the world, you can now take this knowledge and make it wisdom. Make it applicable to your day-to-day. Step into the wisdom that comes from having this knowledge. It naturally leads us into wisdom. This is the gift of the word of knowledge. Um, It is a profound gift and, and going through this study, uh, I, I'm, I'm studying these things as well. I'm, I'm, not, I'm recognizing that I have deficits within my own walk of knowledge that I do not have. I've just been like, yeah, I know the gifts of the Spirit. I've been able to recite them since I was seven. And it's like, do you know anything about them? It's like, uh, they're, uh, they're the gifts of the Spirit. And that's what I know. I know how to spell them and pronounce them sometimes. Uh, but that's that was about it. So I recognized that there was a great deficit within me as well to know what these things are, to have knowledge about them that I could have wisdom to step into them. Um, the next one that we will talk about naturally is uh, the gift of the word of wisdom. But you can't, again, you can't understand that gifting if you don't first understand the gifting of the word of knowledge. And I have been blown away in recognizing how often this gift is made manifest in me. All the time. All the time. Randy counseled and still counsels hundreds of people. And this is the gift that is continuously brought brought out of him. The Lord calls him wisdom. So it can't be that without the gift of the word of knowledge. So this is a gifting that is desperately needed within the church today. This is one, we, we want to see, we love to see the big ones, right? The ones that are very physically evident. We love to see the gifts of healing. We love to see prophecy. We, I mean, I, I've, I've seen the gift of tongues and interpretation. I would love to see those again. I would love to. I would love to see healing. I would love to see prophecy. I would love to see these things. But, At the end of the day, what I see the Lord needing to be released more than anything is the gift of knowledge and the gift of wisdom. These are necessary because these deal with the one-on-one conversations, the intimate relationships, and those are the ones that need to be restored. Those are the ones that need to be transformed. Anything I desire to see corporately must first happen individually. So if I desire to see a church, a community of people step into the fullness of God and all that he has for them, what do we first have to see? We'd have to see individuals do it. We can't see that. We can't see individuals do it without the gift of the word of knowledge that will call them into it will call out deep things that need to be dealt with within them so that they can step into all that God has for them. So, I say this because you need to be prepared. Because the Lord is searching for hearts where He can release this gift. Because it is in desperate need. Profoundly desperate need. I, I see this all the time. I look at the issues of the day and I recognize the issues of our country, of everything going on, and I look... And I'm just like, the gift of knowledge is what is so lacking. There is, no, there is only book smart, head knowledge. There is no gifting of knowledge from the Holy Spirit. Details, intimate details about things. And it's desperately needed in our country and it needs to start and it'll start here. So be equipped, steward well. If you need to dive into this even further, let me know. I have more studies that I can share with you um, and different things that you can look at. Again, some of them I agree with, some of them I disagree with, but it is good information that you can look at and you can discern that for yourselves, what you agree with and disagree with. But at the end of the day, this gift is to build up the church. It is saturated in love and humility and it only comes from the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.